Hello and welcome to Small Batches, with me, Adam Hawkins. In each episode, I share a small batch of the theory and practices behind software delivery excellency. Topics include DevOps, Lean, continuous delivery, and conversations with industry leaders. Now, let's begin today's episode. I've said for a while that test-driven development is skill zero for professional software engineers. It's skill zero because it unlocks everything else. This isn't an episode about TDD, though. Undoubtedly, that will come, so let's move on to skill one. Skill one is continuous delivery. Continuous delivery will put your changes into production as quickly as possible so you can learn and iterate forward. The learning requires skill two, production operations. The discipline of production operations revolves around understanding the current condition of the system and comparing that against expected targets. I must pull in a bit of Deming's system of profound knowledge because it's relevant to the discipline. The first point is theory of knowledge. How do we know what we know? The second point is understanding variation. What's the range of acceptable outcomes? And the third point is, what's the aim of this system? So how do we start understanding the current condition? It begins with the golden signals. If you can only measure four metrics of your system, then focus on these four. They will guide you in the right direction. Remember this phrase, LETS. It stands for latency, errors, traffic, and saturation. Latency is how long it takes for the system to service a request, ideally tracked in a statistical distribution. Errors are the problems, ideally tracked as sums over time. They indicate the system failed to produce the intended outcome. Think of HTTP 500s. Traffic is a measure of the flow through the system. This may be the total requests in a time interval or something like requests per second. Saturation is how full something is, ideally tracked as a percentage. Think of a connection pool, disk usage, or a queue. Any telemetry tool worth its salt will provide three of the four out of the box. The best ones will provide you all four. Operators can correlate these signals to answer the question, how do we know what we know? Here's what a conversation may sound like in an operations review for a web service. We know the system is operating correctly because the traffic levels are within established levels as measured by the total number of HTTP requests. We know the system is operating correctly because the number of errors as measured by HTTP 500 responses is statistically small. We know the system is operating correctly because the latency as measured by the server-side response is under 100 milliseconds. We know the system is operating correctly because saturation, as measured by the server's incoming connection queue, averages about 20%. I repeated the phrase, as measured by, to emphasize the focus on empirical facts. Operations is numbers-driven. If you can't include as measured by into what you're seeing, then you don't understand it enough or you don't have enough certainty to make assertions about the current condition. Everything is great when there are no problems. Something will go wrong. Time for a story. It's 2.58 a.m. Your phone shocks you awake with a page from your product manager. 
It reads, the website is down. No time for grogginess, it's go time. You put on your empirical thinker hat, down, as measured by what? Well, you remember the handy phrase, let's, for the golden signals, latency, errors, traffic, and saturation. Traffic is usually a good starting point for these type of, quote, down scenarios. You follow your mental block diagram of the system. First, checking traffic as measured by HTTP requests and responses at the load balancer. Everything looks good. Traffic is flowing through the load balancer. Next stop, traffic as measured at the app servers. HTTP requests and response counts look good, so no problem with traffic. Next stop, errors as measured at the load balancer and app servers. Now it starts to become a bit of a head-scratcher. There are no red bars on the charts of 500s from the load balancers or application servers. This means no change in error counts. So what's the next golden signal? How about latency? You pull up the chart of the P50, P90, and P95 latency on the HTTP responses across all of the app servers. You notice a slight uptick in the P95 latency. Next question is, which endpoints have gotten slower? Time to drill down into the metrics, so you split the chart by API and user-facing responses. No delta in the user-facing charts. Then you spot something. P95 latency for API responses has significantly increased, though there are no errors. So where is the failure? Time to go up a level of abstraction. You think to yourself, what uses this API? Oh right, the fancy single-page JavaScript application. So you pull up a dashboard of the golden signals coming from the real user monitoring tool. You discover a red bar chart of errors. They also correlate with the increase in API latency. Now a theory forms in your head. Something is probably timing out somewhere, then something something JavaScript error. Next stop, the error logs. And finally, there it is. The JavaScript app uses the API to fetch all the data to render the initial homepage. The increase in latency causes a timeout in the client, which creates an uncaught error, which leads to a blank screen. Not really down, but certainly broken. The debugging continues. Latency leads you to the saturation signals, which point to a queue filling up in the database driver. You deploy a change to fix the problem. The latency numbers come down and so do the error numbers. Fade to black, countermeasure deployed, normal operations restored, story time over. I'm telling you this story to demonstrate how the golden signals are necessary but not sufficient. First, you need a coherent mental model of one abstraction layer above and below. This is because problems manifest themselves in a different layer than they typically occur. In this example, elevated server-side latencies triggered a client-side timeout. The actual problem was in the layer below the application and the database driver. Second is that watching errors is just not enough. The chart of server 500s did not point to the problem. The system was returning 200s, but that didn't make a difference. Higher-level monitoring is needed to verify end-to-end -end type of functionality. Third is an understanding of variation. The latency numbers are referred to as P95, which means the 95th percentile in the distribution. 
so 95% of requests complete within this time. Variation is natural, so you must consider the change in the distribution by looking at the P50, P90, P95, and sometimes even the P99. Increases at the upper end of the distribution typically point to problems in other areas, commonly saturation. Fourth is the importance of go and see thinking. How much time could have been saved if you had just opened the site in the browser to find a blank screen? Perhaps you would have checked the console to find the error. Going to see is a countermeasure to one's default framing. In the story, the assumption was that, quote, down meant 500 from the web server. An easy assumption to make for someone who maybe works with web servers all the time. Not this time. Client-side error. I challenge you to identify the golden signals in your services and applications and then apply visual management. Remember the mnemonic device, LETS. Latency, errors, traffic, and saturation. Start here and you won't be led astray. Lastly, one shout out to the USE for Utilization, Saturation, and Errors metric framework created by Brandon Gregg. Same concept, different mnemonic device. This method also comes with a handy troubleshooting flowchart. All right, that's all for this batch. Head over to smallbatches.fm slash 88 for links to recommended self-study on production operations and ways to support the show. I hope to have you back again for the next episode. So until then... Happy shipping.